בגובה, פרק 61, מה קורה אלקנה? אהלן אייר. אתה נותן תשובה מאוד מאוד לקונית יחסית לזה שהרגע סיימנו להקליט שיחה עם אנטוניו אספנדיארי. אני עדיין של שוקט, אני עדיין כאילו בהיי מהזה, זה היה... כן, שמעו שהתרגשנו גם, אה? אני, אני כאילו... לא עשיתי כל כך הרבה פדיחות מאז הפרק עם מלאני וייזנר, וזה כאילו כשהיא ישבה פה איתי באולפן. כן, אה? קודם כל זה רגע מאוד מרגש לפודקאסט, זה באמת האורח הכי, הכי פרסטיז' שהיה לנו, באמת, אין, לא היה לנו אורח בסדר גודל וכ- הזה. וכאילו, עד שלא תגשים את החלום סוף סוף להביא את פילהלמוס, הוא כנראה הכי פרסטיז' שיהיה. חבל הזמן. כאילו, טירוף. כן. כן, הוא גם לא מבין עברית, אז אנחנו לא נגיד שכאילו פילהלמוס זה החלום, ה-holy ה- 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 שלי. אבל אנטוניו היה מדהים, באמת, הוא קואופרטיבי וענה לשאלות. ושיחק איתנו משחק מאוד מצחיק תוך כדי... הוא אלוף, הוא פשוט, הוא אגדה. אכן. אז קודם כל נגיד שגם הפרק הזה, כמו כל הפרקים של אס בגובה, הם בחסות הספונסרים שלנו, ראנר ראנר, המקיימים טורנירי פוקר חבריים באווירה מגניבה ברחבי הארץ, בראשון לציון, בכפר סבא, בתל אביב, מתישהו במקום אחר, בנתניה. ודברו איתם, חפשו ראנר ראנר בפייסבוק, תבואו לאיזה טורניר, תשחקו, אולי תזכו במשהו נחמד, יהיה לכם כיף. אולי תדיחו אותנו מתישהו. כן. לא זה, קשה. זה קרה שבוע שעבר למישהו בר מזל שעשה לי סלואו רול אגדי. אה, <אח> איך לא שמעתי על זה? זה <אח> אתה צריך לפתוח עם דברים כאלה. תשמע, אני לא בטוח שהוא, אני לא בטוח שזה, זה היה סלואו רול או ניטרול, לא משנה, הייתי ממש קצר כבר, זה היה בטורניר פורים בכפר סבא, הייתי ממש קצר, ו... זה היה שולחן מאוד מצחיק, באמת, עם שחקנים מצחיקים, אבל uh, הרבה מושג, לא שלי יש הרבה מושג בפוקר, אבל הרבה מושג בפוקר לא היה בשולחן הזה. Uh, ונורא רציתי להכפיל, וקיבלתי דמות מעמדה מוקדמת עם איזה עשרה בליינדים. אבל אתה יודע, בראנר, מה זה עשרה בליינדים? זה עולם. אז פתחתי לשני איקס, וקיבלתי שולם מאיזה שחקן אחד, והלוח הגיע קינג 77. כמובן. כמובן. Uh, אתה יודע, וכאילו אמרתי, יאללה, בוא, הג... עלינו לפלופ, ופשוט דחפתי הכל, uh, והוא נכנס לטנק. הוא כזה, מה, אני אכפיל אותך? מה, אני ארים אותך? ואני חושב שהוא שוקל לשלם לי עם איזה אס בגובה, או עם איזה זוג 6-5, ואז הוא... קרה שביעיות. והוא עושה כזה, מה אני אעשה? אני איש הזה? ואז אני אומר, ואז הוא אומר, טוב, שולם. אני כזה, יש לך קינג? הוא אומר, כן, יש לי קינג, לא חזק. הוא אומר, קינג, מראה איזה קינג 9 אוף, משהו כזה. לא, תגיד, מה לקח לך כל כך הרבה זמן לשלם? פגעת בקינג. חשבתי שיש לך אסים, משהו כזה, כאילו. אני אוהב את השחקנים האלה ששמים אותך על יד אחת ספציפית. כאילו, וזהו, וזה הטווח שלך, הטווח שלך זה אסים. לא, אם זה היה עם שביעיות, זה היה סלואו רול מדהים. אבל זהו, אמרתי, זה לדעתי, זה היה ניטרול. ותודה רבה גם לאולפן שמארח אותנו, פרוקאסט, פודקאסטים בגבוה של אור אליעז הגבר, שהיום גם בשעה מאוחרת דאג שהאולפן יהיה פתוח ושיהיה איתנו פה אורי, הבחור הטכני המגניב שעזר לנו להרים את השיחה הזו כמו שצריך. בלי פשלות יותר מדי, ופשלות מהצד שלהם לא היה, רק מהצד שלנו. כן, גם לא מהצד של אנטוניו. נכון. אז אנחנו עכשיו נשמע את השיחה, ואחריה נתכנס לדבר פה על איזה דבר או שניים, ונסגור. סבבה? אז תהנו. תהנו. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is probably the most prestigious guest we had, and probably the best player, I'm sorry, Gabi. And with... More than $27 million in HandleMob in live earnings. Who knows how, more, how many more in cash or in... in other in stuff. A, other stuff. <laughs> uh, he's like the biggest, the, the, the most legendary uh, person that we ever got to talk to. So please welcome to Ask Bagova, Antonio Esfandiari. How are you? uh fabulous thank you for having me i appreciate it i love uh i love the israeli community i'm a big fan um and what time is it over there it's uh it's eight around 8 10 8 15 p.m okay so just yeah. about a 12 hour difference perfect yeah yeah 10 exactly 10 hour difference and you're uh, you're in san francisco right i'm actually in los angeles oh in current. los angeles told you yeah I, But, I, um, I, if 
just going back to your intro of me, Elkanal, if I'm the biggest guest you've ever had, you guys really need to expand your roster a little bit. <laughs> uh, There's yeah. not much m- m- much fun that we can take after you. I don't think... We I mean, any- we had uh, Elia Lezra, which of course you know, and we had some... Uh, and we had one of your probably uh, mates, uh, Mr. Norman Chad. Oh, you had Norman on there. Yeah, that was yeah. fun. Just He was same. at my house for Super Bowl, actually. He's, I like Norman a lot. So yeah. my alarm clock just started uh, like uh, like uh, from the from the cell phone. So we had Norman Chad. We had Melanie Weisner, which of course you also know probably. Okay, great. Well, yeah. I'm honored to be here, gentlemen. Let's get to it. Thanks. Um, should I start? start. Okay. Yes. So first of all, I just want to say uh, thanks to our mutual friend Elior, uh, which uh, helped to set up this uh, meeting. And maybe you will tell us uh, further in the, to the interview how you met Elior and how was your visit to Israel a few years ago. Um, sure. But first of all, let's be polite and ask, how are you doing these days? What's up with you? I am fabulous. I've never been happier in my life. I get to spend... I would say 85 to 90 percent of my time with my kids and I still play poker a couple nights a week I don't travel as much because I really just don't want to leave the fam if you know what I mean I love taking my kids to school picking them up going to basketball riding bikes you know all weekends we are riding bikes on the beach going skiing this winter my my oldest seven-year-old is skiing black diamonds I mean it's just like Being a dad is the nuts. There's nothing that even comes close. I can, so, I can agree. Elkana, I will agree. agree in a few years. In, yeah, in 10, 15 years, I will agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to start by asking, since I heard a rumor and you already started talking about this when you just mentioned your kids, have you stopped playing tournaments completely? Um, I, I, I don't want to say I've completely stopped, but I will say I haven't played one in a very long time. I missed the World Series of Poker main event this year. And I just found out that I have to miss this year as well because I'm going to Bill Perkins' wedding in Europe. Of course, he put it right during the main event. <laughs> so that'll be two years in a row that I've missed the main event, which I never thought. If you asked me 10 years ago, will you ever miss the main event? I would say no. There's nothing that could ever get in the way. But it looks like things have changed. My priorities have changed a little bit. Um, so, you know, and then there's tournaments that come locally sometimes and I want to go play them, but then there's something up with the kids or, you know, something else going on and it's really just hard to leave. So I don't want to say I've completely stopped, but I haven't played one in a, probably a couple of years. And the next one that I plan on playing will probably be the following main event. So I don't know, it could be, it could be a while before I'm back, you know, First of all, traveling for a tournament is basically impossible. I'd have to yeah. leave my kids for three, four, five days to go to, you know, go play in a lottery. I don't really feel like doing that anymore. Um, I have such a good home unit. I really just don't want to leave. So the only tournaments there's a chance that I'll play would be local tournaments. Okay. Yeah, I, I never thought I'd, I'd be envy that, but I envy that life, the, 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 the kind of man that you can just you say, I... I don't want this. It's, it's too good, too much for me. I want to spend time with my kids. It's, it's a good, it's like, it's rational decision and, and you still, you simply enjoy it. And, and now we like, even though you're not playing poker anymore, you, we, we, we are a poker podcast. So we're going to like delete the last two years and going <laughs> to focus on all the shit you did 20 years ago. And, and on, not just, on, not just 20 years also yeah. two or three years ago. Yeah. Actually, the last main event you played, 2019, you had a deep run. You, you made day six, if, if I remember correctly. So you still got it. I, I had it two years ago. Who knows if I still have it? <laughs> um, I want to jump, like, like following Elkanah's question. Um, I think it's fair to say that you're a veteran in the poker industry. And you've been here for quite some time, and you saw the games changes and evolve along the, along the years. So I would like to hear your opinion on where poker is today. Is it better? Is it more fun? Is it more entertaining? Or if not, what would you change? It's definitely not more fun, and it's definitely not more entertaining. <laughs> It was really fun when I first started playing poker, and all the years leading up to computers and all the little wizards. 
you know, once the Wizards started coming around, it just they just kind of sucked all the fun out of the game. And it became more of a staring contest than a poker game. You know, poker is obviously people that do it for a living should take it very seriously. But you can also have a good time while you do what you love to do. It doesn't have to be so, so serious. You know, you can practice doing the same thing, having a stone cold face, but actually creating a smile or talking or, you know, there's so many different things you can do to make it fun. You know, all the times that I played poker, I always thought, well, why wouldn't I have fun in this situation versus versus not? I mean, if there's any situation, if it's work or whatever you're doing in life, if you can create fun out of it, why wouldn't you do it? And so once they came around, everything just kind of changed. And I, you know, I think that it used to be a lot more fun than it is today, for sure. Yeah, I agree. And I, think I mean, they don't like, say a word to each other. They just literally stare at each other the entire time. I mean, what is that all about? Who, what recreational player wants to go into that arena, that space and play? Well, I don't. It's not, it's not like that. I mean, it's, it's used to be like that and it's changed back to, to, to talkative tables, to even the high roller, even, even the, the 100K and 300Ks. They're having fun. They talk to each other. I agree. It's not like the 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 your area and and even five years ago and six years ago. But but it's still it's there. It and and the people who wants to have fun in 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 poker table still have fun. But uh, would... uh, uh, I, I remember you being uh, uh, like on on our uh, poker after dark and and high sex uh, poker. You were a character. You were friendly and talkative and but you you uh, uh, your game style is was pretty much solid there, there was the, the crazy the uh, duan the, the Vanessa selbs all the all the crazy agro players and but you you kept it simple you kept it fun uh, uh, does, does this this feel did it feel weird then does it feel weird now to, to, to watch it back does it feel weird to watch poker back that I used to play on? Is that the question? No. Did it feel weird then or, or compared to the... You said the, the game is not fun anymore. You had well, fun... Well, you're also saying that people are chatting more and having more fun at the table recently. I haven't played a high stakes, you know, a, 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 a big poker tournament in a couple of years. A high roller. I haven't played a high roller in probably three, four years. So if it's changed back to somewhat what it used to be, then more power to the people. I love to hear that. I hope poker goes in a very fun direction. I think that um, I think that what you said, like it game it got to a peak like around two, three years ago. I think that COVID and the lack of live poker, uh, when it came back, like people were more loose, were more wanted to to play and to to actually get uh, involved with each other. So maybe it changed. I mean, I still play live poker. We both do. I think it changed, but we don't play where you play. We don't play in Vegas. We play uh, home games in Israel. We, so we don't play for right. living also. Yeah. So probably may, maybe it's uh, may, maybe it's as you say. Um, I have another question because you talked about like the new generation of poker and you're like you're like an old school player, but you're still here. You're, you're, there are some old school that are not with us anymore. Um, so if there is an excess which one side is old school, And the other is the new generation of poker. So where would you put yourself in which side or in the middle? No, I would say I'm definitely more old school. But, you know, obviously, I know that the Wizards figured out a ton as to strategy and whatnot. And so as they started coming along, I obviously watched them and tried to, you know, add my own variation to their style and play a different style than I used to. I used to play really, really tight and solid way back in the day. And as I saw what was happening, I tried to adjust and became, I don't want to say more spewy, but definitely a lot looser than I used to be. Okay. And it hurt you. It, it, did it hurt your game or, or did it make it less fun or did it make it more fun? And, and no, you... I think it made it more fun and more profitable. I think that if you play that style, you're a lot more likely to get action. Um, and sure, you might lose a lot more small pots, but you can win. bigger pots at the end of the day because people think you're always bluffing so i think i think it made me a better player you just bluffed me on my way to the studio 
<laughs> yeah, he, he told me that was. Yeah, it's it's a it's time to say uh, to tell our listeners that I had a mini heart attack on the way here. I I I told Antonio Antonio I would send you the invitation link, and he was like sending me a text. Oh, it's today. It's not next Monday. And then it was after a few seconds. And no, just joking. So that 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 was a good bluff. Best troll ever. <laughs> It was a short bluff. Usually, if you and I had a relationship, I would let you respond, and then I would let you know I was kidding. Yes. I, I didn't want to do that to you. So since we had to cancel last time. I commend you, Antonio. Keep doing that. That's tough to, to Ayal and to everybody. And, and just this is why, why you were popular. You, you're still popular, but, but this is why uh, I liked you in, in, back in the days when, when, there were the, when you were on Poker TV. This is why I like people like you, because you, were, you had fun, you, you were playing, you were talking, you know, uh, and people like, like Phil Ivey, probably the greatest player ever, just sit there and stare at you, and you're like terrified. But I love you. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Thank you. I'll, no. <laughs> um, Maybe I'll come to Tel Aviv and we'll have some shawarma. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, if you just mention it, when was the last time you were here? Oh, it was... few years ago four or five years ago or something and I love Tel Aviv um, minus flying in and getting completely interrogated by the customs at Tel Aviv airport I had <laughs> yeah. a fantastic time that, that was of course the question that we have to met to ask I mean you were born in Iran what did you expect when you came to Israel <laughs> I mean I have a US passport but obviously it says I was born in Iran I knew I was getting pulled to the side they pulled me aside they were actually really cool um, And they go, so what do you do? I go, well, I know you know what I do. What, you know, do we really have to go through this whole process? <laughs> and uh, we basically sat there and joked for a half an hour. But they did, I guess, what they needed to do. And eventually they let me in. And Tel Aviv was amazing. There's incredible food in Tel Aviv. I'm a huge foodie. And I had some of the best food. Uh, I remember there was a shawarma stand on the corner of a very popular street that my friend took me to. Very specific. Best, best shawarma. <laughs> best meat we went to a meat restaurant that had all these little kebabs with all these little side dishes i mean and the shakshuka in the morning was fantastic i'm a yeah. big fan of tel aviv i've been there twice and i i would love to go back and take my kids there someday you know that uh first of all we 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 love to hear it and i agree i mean the the food is one of uh, israel's uh, finest uh Uh, characteristic but you said shakshuka and elkanah had this big uh, huge smile he's I'm like blushing. A, yeah he's like a master of shakshuka, shakshuka in the poker king. community i'm the shakshuka king <laughs> i'm the shakshuka connoisseur if you come to israel talk to me uh we'll make him we'll make you shakshuka like perfect real home shakshuka okay i'm in okay <laughs> that's that's a date Yeah, you have a date. You have a date with uh, Antonio. Yeah. Um, But how do you eat shakshuka with that beard? Doesn't it get all over the... <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I, I'll figure it out. Yeah, he has, his own, out, okay. he has his own methods. Um, do you play online poker? We, we, I, I don't even know if you play online poker. No, I haven't played online poker since, I don't know, 15 years ago or something. I was never good at online poker. All the, you know, the little buttons and I just couldn't figure it out. And it wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah, I mean, and also you couldn't probably use your uh, social skills and to extract uh, information from players, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Okay, so, so I won't ask you about online <laughs> poker. It was, it was a question, but I'm going to uh, delete it. You have one because I have many more. I have so many more. I, okay, yeah. so ask. No, I want to ask, well, the, the, the thing you're most famous for, like you said you don't play the high rollers anymore, but you played the, the original uh, high roller. The one million the one drop it was like uh, so I want to know when, when uh, Gilly Lebert uh, I hope I pronounce his name right he announced he's going to do a, a one million dollar tournament back in 2012 what made you decide like I want to play this and, and I'm one I'm gonna pay one million dollars to sit at the table and play this tournament how, how do you make this decision well funny you ask I didn't actually decide to play the tournament until the Much closer to the event I was asked to do the commentary for ESPN which I thought was okay cool great I don't have to even think about playing and as we got closer um, it started kind of circulating in my head but I wasn't really serious about playing I didn't have a million bucks to just fork over I mean it wouldn't have been wise to fork over just a million bucks and out of nowhere um, a buddy of mine just messaged me and said randomly hey are you gonna play the one drop I'd like to buy 20 percent 
And I said, you want to buy 20%? I mean, if you buy 20%, maybe I can sell a little bit more and get myself in the tournament. And so that afternoon I sent out some emails and within like two and a half hours, I was basically ready to go and I couldn't believe it. So I gathered all the funds. I went down there and I just bought my ticket. And I honestly, to this day, can't believe I won. Right. I mean, someone has to win, but it's never you. Right. Exactly. Like that day it was. <laughs> and yeah, that was a really fun, fun few days. Um, that feeling when I won was the greatest high I've ever had. Uh, and I can't, I can't explain it. It was like this outer body experience. You know, I've been to Burning Man and I've had some amazing experiences. And that one, I would say, would take the cake. And I was sober. So <laughs> it's going to be hard to top that one. You know, besides, I, having, besides having kids, obviously, there's going to be nothing greater. I'd have to, you know, I, 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 I always think even if I won the main event, next year or the next, you know, the following year, would it top that feeling that day of winning the one drop? And I don't, I don't think it would. That was a pretty special moment in my life. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, we have some questions from listeners, but with this one is, it, it fits for this, uh, for exactly this moment in the interview. Uh, Ohad Wasserman, which is, by the way, he's like uh, the loyalty, uh, the, the loyalty fan because he always, when we want to uh, listeners to ask questions, uh, our guests, he always does. So he asked on this famous heads up with uh, Sam Trickett for 18 million, how did you manage to control your emotions during the heads up and to play, to, to play your A game? Well, it's just, I mean, just, I, it's just, having played a lot of poker tournaments and whatnot, you find yourself in these situations, you can't let emotion get the best of you. Right. And I was having a good time at the final table from the first hand to the last hand. I try to treat it just like a five, 10, no limit game, right? Have fun. At the end of the day, we're all going to get two cards and the best hand is going to win. And so when I'm heads up for the title and the 18 million, as weird as it sounds, I'm just trying to get the rest of the chips and then think about what's at stake and whatnot. I'm just trying to play my best poker and not let what is at stake get to me, if that makes any sense. So you know, there's a lot of mind over matter at play and whatnot. And I think it's, you know, if that was my first poker tournament, it would be very hard to control, but I've been playing poker for years and I've been in those situations, obviously not that intense, but I just, let it flow as naturally as I could. Yeah. And then the last card hit the, hit the river and, and I think it was two pairs. I don't remember quite the, the, the actual hand, but your hand held against the uh, tricket. And then it drops in the whole, the whole thing, the whole uh, understanding that you just won $18 million. That's, that's insane. I, I'm just like, I, but I he, but he remembered to, if I remember correctly, he remembered to take off his glass so they won't yeah. break when, when his fans, uh, <laughs> when his those friends. Were, those were my favorite pair of the glasses at the time. Uh, and I remember thinking, I, I actually remember thinking if, if I have these on, they're going to break because my friends are all coming. And so I just had to take them off before <laughs> I get bombarded with all my friends. And it's Split weird. Second. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing when, when you have 18 millions on stake and the cards are coming and what, what he thinks in his head is not, okay, I need to fade like a spade or uh, no, I need to take off my glasses. Diamond. That's amazing. Diamond. He, he, oh, he yeah. won $18 million and, and what he thinks about is the $100 the glasses. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> I wish there were only 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Um, okay, so I'm continuing, Elkana, when you have something, just, uh, I mean, I have so many. Um, I, I, I want to say about, like, after the main drop. So you won the, the, the main drop, the, the one drop, and then a year later, you played, the, the, there was the, the 100K buy in the one drop, and you made the final table, you made the money, you finished fourth. And then yeah. the year after that, the, uh, again, the one million drop, uh, uh, 2014. How disappointed were you when you didn't get in the money this time? That was the most disappointing moment in my poker career because I was chip leader or definitely in the top two leading up to 10 or 11 players. And I literally busted next and I had the chip lead and I let ego and emotion get the best of me. Uh, I mean, for me not to have at least cash and got my million back was, was insanity. I just, I went on a bad run and I didn't stop. I didn't slow down. I just kept pressing 
and the cards turned against me and that was it. And that took, I don't know, two or three days to emotionally get over that really, really stung. Really? Oh, I planned that. I planned this question as a needle. Like after two years, you have to win it all. And, but then you gave such an emotional response and it's like, I feel bad for that. So uh, okay, I'm over it. I'm a big boy. I take responsibility <laughs> for my own blow up. Yeah, and I think this is the one I mean last time when we spoke in the last episode, we, we were talking about you coming in, and we said, "What is when you say Antonio Spandiari, what comes up to your name?" And I think El Canan, we had like a third commentator which is not here with us today. They both said, "Ah, uh, bullets. Oh, you both have bullets. That's so sick. <laughs> it's from that's, this one right that's the thing that's your mark on the <laughs> poker world the the comments on the on the Conor Dryan and Curry Katzen that's your mark that, that's your legacy <laughs> I'll take it <laughs> yeah no I, I said something else I said that uh, I remember I think main event 209 or something like this that uh, somebody maybe it was Darwin Moon who, who bet a real big well, real big bet and you said why so much why so much yeah I blew up there as well. I was chip lead. I wasn't chip leader, but I had a lot of chips with 24 people left. And I uh, managed to give that one away as well. I wish I could go back to so many poker spots and have the discipline that I have today. Yeah, but, but, but I was, yeah. I was younger and I was much dumber, to say the least. <laughs> okay, so we saw a lot of players from your generation uh, quite disappear along the ways. Um, some of them made a comeback. Yes, Tom Duan, I'm talking about you. Uh, what do you think make uh, players like you, like Dineg, like Phil Helmuth, like uh, Eric Seidel, still relevant after so many years? Well, you can't really say that I'm relevant. Uh, I haven't played a tournament in a couple of years. Those guys are still out there. They're still grinding away and chasing the glory. Um, well, you're here. Yeah, and, and, and let's imagine that I asked it two years ago. Let's give COVID like a relief. Okay, so if I would ask it two years ago, you were still relevant. I don't, I mean, not really. I, have, I think that if you want to be relevant in the poker world, as far as fans and people and spectators and whatnot, you have to play tournaments, right? Mostly. And I haven't been chasing the tournament dream for a long time. And that's not because of COVID, it's because of my kids. I just don't want to leave them at this age. You know, yeah. they're just too much fun. I know one day they're going to grow up and not want to hang out with me. So I have to embrace <laughs> when they do want to hang out with me and think I'm the coolest guy as much as I can. Kind of like when I was in my 20s and I knew that I was only going to be in my 20s once. And so I tried to maximize my going out and partying days as much as I could because um, I knew they would come to an end. You know, these days, if I'm asleep, if I'm awake past 11 o'clock, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's 11 o'clock. I got to get to bed. I got to get my eight hours. You know, sleep is the second most important thing in my life after my family. <laughs> I totally get it. As a father, you know, I, I totally get it. That wasn't the case when I was 20. I used to go out all night and go do a poker seminar straight from the club. I did that before. <laughs> so, you know, your priorities change. Tournament poker is not in my top 50 of priorities right now. Uh Okay, no, that, that's, that's interesting, but... Um... But, I, but I do think that when my kids are older, that I will start playing tournaments again. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I don't know how long that'll be, but one day I think I'll, I'll make a comeback. Yeah, that's what I want to ask. Like, I want to ask this, like, will you, will you be back when your kids are older? And when your kids are come to age, would you tell them, will, would you teach them poker? Of course I'll teach them poker. I will highly advise them to play professionally but i will definitely teach them how to play of course okay that's uh that's fair fair enough i think that's exactly what he's gonna say to his kids when they're <laughs> in the right age i i would i would really hope that they won't ever ever meet the game <laughs> well my 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 kid will will i'll name them like river and and quads and Darn. i'll name yeah <laughs> My kids will know what what's uh, what what we what's from from age zero. Okay, Elkana, um, give us more one of your questions. Uh, viewer questions. Okay, let's see. No, I meant one of yours, but 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 listener is also. Oh, fine. okay. One of my my questions are 
less less uh, interesting. I want to know more. Like you, you said, you're not a poker player anymore. You you spend more time with the family. I want to know about the the person behind the poker personality. What movies do you like? What music? Uh, uh, like uh, 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 specific questions. I want to know about a dream you had as a kid and and that you you gave up on uh, some sometimes in your life. Just knowing you. Sure. I mean, we could start uh, with movies. My top three favorite movies are probably Forrest Gump, uh, awesome. Braveheart, and awesome. maybe The Matrix. Awesome. Um, <laughs> music. I listen to Deep House or Classic Rock. I That's can't stand hip hop. I like 90s rap, but the new hip hop in the last 20 years, I think, is literally the worst music on planet Earth. What, what classic uh, rock band? Like when you say classic rock, what's the first band that come up Pink to your Floyd. name? I think Pink Floyd is the greatest band of all yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I love the Beatles. I like the good stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he, And, he, knows, he knows his quality. Yeah. El Canal, I still play, for the record, I still play poker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you still play, but you're, to, you say you, you, life, you know? Yeah, but uh, it's not, you, you, you said yourself, you're not the same, you're not the poker player that you once were. You're not playing poker uh, full-time anymore. Uh, no. uh, so, yeah, that's what I meant. I want to know. Uh, I want to ask about, like, uh, uh, doing commentary and doing, uh, uh, you were part of the, the ESPN team. Uh, I played uh, lately, with, uh, not, not a long time ago, I played with a professional footballer. Uh, I won't say his name. And he said that the, that's the difference. You are the difference between football and poker because when a football player gets replaced in the middle of the game, he does not come up to the, to the booth to, to, to start commentating on the game. But you or, or other, like you or Nick Schumann or other uh, people, like you, you, you busted the main event uh, uh, in day six. Day seven, you are in the booth uh, with Norman and, and Lon and, and uh, commentating on the game. What it's like? Well, it's quite simple. You no longer have chips. <laughs> go home, you go to sleep, you wake up, you drive to the Rio, you walk to the booth and you start talking about poker. I don't, it's not science rocket, a rocket science. No, but as, as like one of my dreams is being a poker commentator. Uh, I'm not a poker player. What it's like to be as, as the poker player to be in the other side, to be, to, to, to sit and watch other people play and, and giving your opinion about it. Uh, it's just another day at the office. You know, it actually feels like the only time that I'm working is when I'm commentating because you have to be there at a certain time. You have to sit there and discuss hands and whatnot. So, you know, playing poker doesn't really feel like work, but commentating on poker does feel like work. And I guess if I have to work, you know, 15 hours a year, it was fine. That that was okay with me. Yeah. Um, but it was fun, you know, but you're, you're – yeah. You have to deal with some haters on on social media, but you're always going to get that. So whatever. It doesn't bother me. Um, but, you know, it's just another day at the office. You just sit there and talk about poker. It really isn't a big deal. But do, do you enjoy it? Because I don't yes, say it sounds like you don't enjoy it, but it's a, it sounds like, okay, it's fun yeah. to do it. Like, as you said, like the summer, but I wouldn't do it like uh, a full job. No, I would definitely not do it as a full job. I did enjoy it. I, I love doing the commentary, especially with Norman. And lawn they're fun we have a great time doing it and when we're not on the air we're joking and having great banter um would I do it full time no never okay okay fair enough again um I want to also uh I have a couple more questions then I will go to uh, our listeners questions because there were many um so who is the toughest poker player you ever played with Probably Durr or Brian Rast. They were really just Durr because you just, you know, you're like, just, you just never know what the guy has. Yeah. And he's maximum pressure kind of thing. And Brian Rast just was so good at reading situations and knowing when to always do the right thing. Uh, okay. Um, and who is the best, who is the player that is the most fun to get on tilt? Is that even, is there even a, is, <laughs> there's no the question, answer, but I want to, I want to hear you say the answer is so obvious. It's obviously Helmuth. He's <laughs> so, he just makes it so easy to toy with. 
And I used to abuse him. I beat him in every pot for 20 years. And then of course he beat me three and zero on the heads up. So that wasn't, uh, that wasn't fun. Yeah. yeah I forgot Not about the, the heads up fuel, like the, the high, high stakes fuel, what it's called. The, the yeah. The high, high stakes, high stakes fuel. Yeah. The, you played, I mean, it got all uh, when when he played when uh, Negrano played against uh, Doug Polk it got all hyped and then Phil Helmut started doing it and I forgot you were there <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry man, but uh, it's okay uh, I was the first one yeah yeah I remember what, 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 what did you think about this uh format did you like it yeah I think it's great I think it's really fun it's it's great for spectators uh to watch on TV yeah You know, when it's mono and mono, it forces the action. You have to play every hand. Yeah. You know, when you're watching an eight-person table, people are just waiting for good hands. So, but when you're forced to play every single hand, it just creates action. And I think it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. And I think that um, the dynamic was also very good between you and uh, Phil Helmuth. And I think that it's important to have like two, not only two figures, but two people who like to talk and who like to banter because uh, it makes it uh, more fun. I, I enjoyed it very much, and I think that the feedbacks were uh, uh, also good. Um, so a couple of que- a, a nice amount of questions from our uh, listeners. Uh, first of all, okay, so uh, Victor, Victor Kogan, a very good friend. Um, first of all, okay, first of all, you had uh, say hi from uh, Doron Sioni from 888 Poker. I oh, said hi. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was here at episode, I think, uh, 49 or something like this. Um, great guy. What episode is this one? What number did I get? Uh, we'll get to it. We, you know what? You want to do it now? Let's do it now. Okay. So, Can I have an idea? Yeah. You're going uh, to make one of my dreams come true. Uh, will you play a lot of things with us? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So Elkanah just need to explain real quick what is Ladon Things because even I didn't know it and it's funny because... Yeah. Uh, so in Ladon Things uh, there are two players and one is the, the Ladon, the brain. You can have more than two. You can have five, you can have ten, doesn't yeah. matter how many players. Uh, and uh, they come up with a question. The, the answer has to be a number and preferably it's like an absurd question, a funny question. Uh, you, you had like how many, how many uh, contacts. contacts are in Phil Ivey's phone? I remember that one from one of the EPTs. Uh, you, you and, and uh, the two players are uh, betting, betting on it. Uh, uh, each one is, is uh, betting high, the higher number than the other. When they set a line, one takes the over, one takes the under. Yeah. And uh, they bet not on the actual uh, answer, uh, but on what the Loden, the brain, thinks the answer is. Yeah. And Antonio will be our Loden yeah. today. Sure. And Do I question... come up with the question as well? Yeah, yeah. You, okay. you just asked it. The, the question is, which episode is this? Right. Which But number? That's not really an interesting question. It's not like... It's for us. Okay. Oh, you, you, want, you want something else? You want something else? I, w- I would like to pose a different question. Okay. Okay. El Canal, how... You're, I assume you're Jewish? Yeah. How Jewish would you say you are 1 to 100? 100 being the most Jewish person you know. Oh, that's awesome. So who's the... You, you're still the Lord? No, no, no. No, this isn't the question. I'm oh, just, okay. I just want to get a gauge on how Jewish... Oh, how Jewish is. am I? Can I, I say? I can have, I say? Can I say I have, like, what? Yes. I have a lot of Jewish friends. And so I always pose the question, how Jewish are you? One to, one to 100. And the numbers range because I have some friends that eat shrimp and are literally less than a, a one. And I have some friends that I can't get a hold of Friday once the sun sets until the three stars <laughs> come out on Saturday yeah. night. Drives me insane. So... How Jewish? One to a hundred. So I'm, I'm still uh, 100 Jewish. I'm, <laughs> I'm ex-religious, but I'm still like, I'm not. Yeah, but, but that's yeah. a boring question. I would say he's 75. 75. 75. So, you're, so there are certain things you do outside of the faith. Yeah, no, if, if you're looking at that like that and on, on not how Jewish are you, but how Jewish religious are you. So I'm like at five. Yeah, but this okay, is why... I, yeah, but this have you ever said, eaten shrimp? Yes. Do you still eat shrimp? No, because I don't like it. <laughs> you eat anything that's not kosher? Yeah, yeah. I, eat, I don't eat kosher. I, I'm not Shomer Shabbos. I, 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 I'm not religious right now. Okay. So you're, not, you're not a 7.5 if you're eating non-kosher. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Eyal, okay. how Jewish are you? 
Even uh, if, if you're going to that direction, so probably, I don't know, I think that circumcision is the only <laughs> Jewish thing I have, so 2%. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are not that Jewish? No. No. Not okay. in that... Uh... Yeah. We're Jewish in, by, by genes and uh, by, uh, by, by mother's... Uh, My yeah. mother's name, but not, not in a religious style. But what, what is your uh, question? Okay. Well, I was going to do a question, but now I'm going to change it because it's not that interesting. Okay. So <laughs> you guys work together. Are you also friends outside of the podcast? We're friends outside yeah. of the podcast. Yeah. And AL, you have kids? Yep. How old are you? Two or three or what? I have two. One is an eight-year-old and the other one is five and a half. Okay. And Elkanah, you're single? Yes. And not, no kids? Not yet. No. Okay, so the question is going to be, how much do I think that the two of you would have to be paid to be within 100 feet of each other for the next year? Okay, no matter what, you have to be within 100 feet. So wherever you go, he goes with you. If you have Shabbat, he goes, like, whatever. If you go to a tournament, he's got to go with you. You, can't, you basically can't travel without each other. If you want to take your wife out on a date, they all... He has to go to he doesn't have to sit with you at the same table, but he can he has to dine next to you. You know what I mean? You can't separate one year, one year. That's an first of all, that's an amazing question. It's much more interesting. Yeah. Than our. <laughs> And the question is, how much would we uh, uh, demand? Collectively. Let's say let's say your price is 40,000 and all's price is 200,000. The collective number would then be 240,000. Yeah. What okay. do I think, based on the information that I have, which isn't really much because I don't really know you guys. Okay. How much you two would have to be paid in order to agree to do this? Okay, I have a number. Yeah. Hold on, write it down. I got to think of it real quick. Okay, sure, He has sure. to write it. The, the real answer does not matter. Like, yeah, I know. So he, he writes down the number. So and, in this instance, I am the Laden. I am the brain. Yeah. And I'm going to write what I think. The truth doesn't really matter. But what do I think these two... would not separate for basically for a year. I think it would be amazing. Awesome. Um, so let's start the bidding. Yeah, wait, wait, let, let him... Hold uh, on, let me just write it down real let quick. Let him write it down and then we'll start the bidding. Yeah. This is going to be fun. And, and nervous. <laughs> um, what do you guys do? Just, I got to know some... You guys run a podcast? Do you do other work? We, yeah, we do, yeah. We, podcast we, is our hobby. Uh, he works. Uh, we both have like day jobs. I'm in the marketing. Uh, I also in marketing, but yeah. another company. So you, you both work for a company doing marketing yeah. 40 hours a week or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. I'm going to write my number. <laughs> you realize how, how big is this for me? Like playing a lot of things with the original. He invented the game. It's like I try to, to, to teach players here in Israel to teach to, to play during the poker tournament, but no one, no one wants to play with me. So it's like, like, yeah. like stud. So you got the man who invented the game. Yep. That's the whole reason you're here. All right, boys, my number's in. Okay, so we'll start a meeting in, let's say, in US I, we'll, we'll talk in dollars. Yeah, U.S. dollars. For you two not to separate for a whole year. Now, this is you making the decision to... Before you can't talk to your wife, you just have to come home and say, "Just so you know, we have a friend for a year <laughs> so let's let's start a bidding at uh, I don't know fifteen thousand one hundred thousand okay, start whatever uh, you want uh, well, let me ask you a question before you start al does your wife is is she a big fan of El canal? I mean uh, I don't she never met. met him no I don't think met. <laughs> oh <laughs> if I knew that this would be different <laughs> oh well. But I want to do it fast. So let's say 100,000. And now you say like... More? I say 150. And you... I say 500. Five, so I'll take the under on 500. Okay. Right now. I'll, I'll take... That's, that was fast. I, you, don't, you don't have a choice. You're stuck with the over. He bought yeah. the line. Yeah, yeah no, no, it's okay. It was... So he has 499,999 and under, and you have 500 and over. Yeah. Yeah. Now, The only way I'm going to reveal this is if you guys actually bet something. I can't do this for free. What's the bet? What's the bet? And um, let's, let's make it. We, we don't put money on bets, but let's do it. Uh, no, the, the other one, when, when the next time we go to a tournament together, the other one, like for a reasonable amount of money, the next one buy-ins the second. Yeah, the second okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. The next tournament we both play uh, is on the loser. Exactly. Okay. 
Okay. Oh, hey, Al, no. you are clearly richer than I thought because 500,000 is a lot of money to hang out with your buddy for a year. and uh, stories. Uh, My number and was 5 million in my head. El Canal, I, I admire you for buying right away and knowing that the number was obviously less than 500,000. If my yeah. friends wanted to pay me to hang out with my friend for a year, sign me up. <laughs> I, I do it for 5,000 basically but <laughs> i'm cheap i i you can I'm, buy I'm, I'm a very less uh um i don't know if you say nice but uh so- social guy than el cana so i my number i had a number like around two three million dollars oh he just doesn't <laughs> he just doesn't like me what he, two th- we learned two things okay al is very rich and he doesn't like el cana i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's what we learned yeah. yeah yeah and i won a free tournament yeah you won so next one is on me Buddy, just don't hang out uh, next to me uh, for a year. <laughs> <For> year. <Yeah. laughs> That's that a good question. That's as good Amazing, as Amazing, Antonio. So Amazing. Now, what podcast number is this? This is episode number 61. Okay. Yeah. Just a, this was the question we thought. Uh, yeah, but this probably. one was yeah, way much better. more interesting. Yeah, yeah, much more interesting. So and now I understand to, the game. What? You have to ask questions that make you actually think. Yeah. yeah. Just what number of podcasts? I mean, that's not, that's kind of boring. No offense. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That yeah, you, makes sense. Right. Okay. So I uh, will go over uh, listeners because uh, we're running out of time and we, we don't want you uh, to hold being held here. Um, but there are a lot of questions. So first of all, is from uh, Victor Kogan, my friend. Um, so he asked, what do high stakes poker players do with all this money? Do you invest it in like real estate, stocks, startups, etc.? I am not an investment advisor, but I have learned that if I was going to make an investment to listen to smart people who are really good in their field, and these people typically have track records, and you can invest in a mutual fund, a hedge fund, just the market itself, real estate always tends to go up. I would say that I'm pretty well diversified, and I have a little bit in a bunch of different things. Yeah, you're going to Bill Perkins' uh, wedding, so you can ask him like uh, a tip. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I just want to want to like highlight how trolly how troll Bill Perkins is that he set his wedding on the main event. It's just amazing. Yeah, I like him for that. So uh, Jonathan Shafir ask. Uh, good question. Very yeah, good what's question. better, earn one hundred k in session or earn five five k from feel like from feel like hundred k in a session. Okay. Oh, okay. So so uh, so what what is the number? That it's better to make from Phil Luck than is it? It should. It has to be 100k. Oh, you said Phil Luck. Yeah, yeah Phil yeah. Luck. He said Phil I Luck. You said a different Phil. Yeah. Um, no, no. Ooh, that's close. Well, <laughs> I, I respect and value money a lot. Um, 100k or how much from Phil Luck? He has 5k, but uh, I you... would say I would say probably around 80 something thousand. I would probably take that. Over. Okay. So, yeah. so like 20%, 20, there is a 20% cut for taking from Phil. Juice is about yeah. right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so not a big needler, just, just a good friend. Okay. That's boring. Um, <laughs> okay. So I think, no, I think Matan Moshe's question, though, how do you adjust yourself to the modern poker players? But we talked about it. So we'll uh, talk to, okay. So we'll see Eli Mechani. I hope I pronounced his name right. So if you need to put it into numbers, what percentages of decisions you make in game based on your gut feeling and what percentage of them are based on ranges, mathematical odds, and other like not gut feeling stuff? That's a good question. I mean, basically you narrow it down to what you think somebody has and then you basically go with your gut after that. So, you know, it's a decent number on big decisions. On little decisions, not so much. But on bigger decisions, I would say that the gut feeling plays... A pretty big role. Okay. Um, um, okay, this one is from Ori Netanel. Okay, it's a funny one. Um, do you and fellow known poker players have like special rela- relationships like going to dinner or couple bowling night? Couples bowling nights? I haven't yeah. intended, no. <laughs> no I'm not a, do I look like a bowler? No. Um, you do look like a bowler, but not as a... If I, if I had a free night, bowling would be in the less than 100 top things I would want to do. Okay. Um, and yeah, I hang out. Of course, I hang out with my some of my friends play poker. And, um, you know, when I can get out of the house, we 
we go to dinner once in a while. Okay. That's we a- eat, poker players eat, so sometimes they eat together, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, yeah, they eat. <laughs> not the robot ones, no. Not the, the... Fedor Hertz doesn't eat. No, <laughs> Kawhi Aldemir does not eat. Um, okay, some more. You want to ask the, ask the one of uh, Ziv? No, I, I'll ask the, the Tom, last one? Tomer. Okay, Tom, so, uh, okay, yes. I'll ask, uh, so, uh, was there a defining moment in your career when you realized you were one of the best? Like you were, you, uh, you told I us about the... the, the 43 years old, I still haven't realized that. So no, there hasn't been a moment. I'm maybe just not, a simple maybe... man trying to make my way through the universe, you know? Yeah, maybe maybe not the best, but when did you like uh, realize you're very, very good at poker? No, nah, not the best. Let's say not the best, but good. I realized that I could just play poker for a living when I stopped working. That doesn't mean I was very, very good. I was just okay at making money, okay. which I would take all day over being the best. <laughs> well, uh, when, when, was that? when was that? Like, I don't need the glory. I just want the money. Was it before the poker boom, I guess? uh yeah yeah he was the, there like the 90s. he was yeah yeah like the 90s I one guess. of the there, ogs I was, i was a grinder when when the poker boom happened i was at the right place at the right time how, how if, if we just uh opened this discussion i mean i guess that it was a very it, it was good for grinders right the poker boom like many many players who have no knowledge of the game um, of course All of a sudden, there was a plethora of new fish entering the arena. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing this while you were uh, doing the magician show, magician show, or did you stop that? Like, uh... I, I wasn't really doing magic for a living then, um, but I still did magic here and there for fun and whatnot, some friends. <laughs> you still do it sometime? Or you didn't... I still do it. Not, not very often, but if you put a couple of drinks in me and get a crowd going, I'll, I'll do a little magic show. That's nice it's not uh, it's not by accident that I asked about the magic trick because there was a very good question by Ziv Dacalo which is also a, a loyal fan um, so based on your experience as a magician did you ever caught anyone cheating on a poker table um, there was a game that I was in once that I realized was being cheated and this was kind of a mafioso game in New York and so I I obviously didn't say anything. I just stopped playing a little bit after and I took my loss and I left. Um, you know, if I wasn't a magician, I probably would not have caught it. Um, but yeah, it happened. I'm sure it's, you know, when you play in a lot of private games with the new tech that's out and the deck mate can now read the deck, there's devices that you can actually use to know what hand is going to win. And so I've heard of a lot of stories of it happening. So, you know, just be careful. Um, it can happen to anyone. Have I, and yes, I have caught people, but that's, that was really the one time that sticks with me. But I've heard of other people getting kind of nailed. Yeah. yeah just make sure you know who you're playing with. And... Yeah. Uh, I have a question. Uh, it's uh, part one of mine, part one of the, the uh, as, a, as a listener. And in, it's in addition to, to Ziv's question. So do you think your experience on stages uh, uh, gave you an advantage over opponents at the felt? Like, uh, uh, were you playing against a, an opponent and you know, you, 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 you feel confident in yourself because you have a past as a magician, as a performer, as a, as a, as a like, entertainment guy, and you feel like you, th- that's an advantage? I don't know if it's an advantage, but I will say that because of my magic, I was really comfortable with people because I've been interacting with people for a long time doing magic and whatnot. So it probably gave me the confidence to speak more freely at the table and to create banter and conversation. And I always feel like that was my strength was when people would start talking in the middle of a hand and sometimes give away some information and whatnot. So there was some... correlation but I wouldn't say it was specific it was just based on my previous um, practice of you, talking with people you just mentioned it and I just popped up to my mind one like one famous hand from high stakes poker with him and Daniel Negrano and Negrano said something and then 
you're like your eyes changed you like looked at, at uh, Daniel and I think Gabe Kap- Gabe Kaplan said in the in the commentary oh no Daniel shouldn't have said that like now now uh, Antonio knows that uh, that something is is fishy here yeah I had Jax he had King Ten he flopped second pair and he check raised me all in and he kind of gave it away and there was a moment you can actually see when he says it it just looked weak I'm gonna so look had- it up Yeah, well, of course I can't win that pot. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you called and you, of course, you lost the pot. <laughs> you, you me. You know? Yeah. It was a big the- pot for me at the time. Very big pot. Yeah, I don't remember the amount, but there were, there were all huge... Like, all the money in high-stakes poker, it was all yours. There the was name. no... It, what? Oh, okay. No, all the, all the money was yours. There was nothing by the production or... No. You, probably, you probably sold the action, but all of it was... All of this was yours. This was all our own money. Yes. This is why we, do, we don't see high-stakes cash games anymore, because no one would put uh, 1,000, 200,000 uh, to play on TV anymore. Um, I don't know if that's true. I'm sure there's a list of people that want to play. Yeah, but you, you, we see it back now with the... Uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the new, the new uh, high-stakes uh, poker, but it's not the same. Uh, yeah, it's not the same, but uh, since we're talking about high stakes poker, would, would you consider a comeback to the show? Um, if they had another one, I would consider playing, sure, if the lineup was good, but I'm not looking to go and battle it out with a bunch of wizards. <laughs> yeah, but if they were like, uh, they're like doing, I mean, Eli Elezra was here a few months ago and they said that maybe uh, they will have like the, the old... The old gang like you and uh daniel and doyle and if yeah it would i would be totally this kind of play in that i would love to play in that that would be cool if it's a fun if it's a fun crew it's an action fun crew i would be interested awesome um i think we're about to wrap up to to release you for your uh your day and uh um and to to be here amazed that we just uh spoke to you Um, just maybe one last question uh, from my side. Um, so what is your tip for people who just now starting to to make a decision for being a professional poker player? What would you say to them? This is your grand finale question, the one we've all been waiting for. <laughs> wow, really um, genius. I, mean, I wish I could say I have a better one. A raise. Um, just, I don't Play good, play solid, learn, get information, and watch some online videos. If you're going to play poker, I would probably spend some time really learning the fundamentals because everyone else has. So be as good as your opponents. And if you're not, don't play. Take ego out of the game. Okay. Elkana? No, I, I don't really have a, a closing. Can, uh, it doesn't closing matter what you ask. It's going to be better than that. Question, yeah. So. <laughs> so I want to ask you, uh, I want to ask about, like you said, you, you might come back to, to playing uh, more uh, after your kids are grown. So you think you're going to, you, do you see yourself playing, uh, uh, maybe not full time, but playing uh, regularly, sitting in a casino all day, uh, playing cash, playing tournaments, uh, winning stuff, like in 20, 30 years? Uh, no. No, I'll be sitting on the beach watching sunsets with my wife. Okay. I'll, I'll still play poker, but I won't be at the casino all day, every day. No shot. Uh, okay. And you know what? One extra, maybe it's not better, but do we, can we expect uh, seeing you in Israel in the following years again? Absolutely. I would love to go to Israel. Obviously, COVID shut everything down, but I am, I'm back on the, on the swing of life. My wife was a little bit more... Uh, worried about COVID and I totally understand because she was pregnant and we both got COVID and it was, it wasn't fun. Oh. But now that we're coming out of it, um, we're definitely going to take some trips. And if I can get to Israel, I would love to take my kids there. So I don't know when that'll be, but I hope, I hope it's in the next couple of years. I got to wow. take them to that shawarma place on the corner. <laughs> you got to take them to the Shakshuka place at, at my place. At your house? Yeah. Where Eyal will be living with you for a year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not for a f- $5 million? Yeah, for f- $5 million, maybe. Yeah, maybe I'll be there. But, You're, uh, so You're so rich, Eyal. <laughs> I'm, 
I'm rich in spirit. Oh, oh, oh I had, I, I remember one more question I had. So uh, it's also about the future, but the, the new future. You are 43 years old, right? Uh, I think you, 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 uh, the, you've been elected to the Hall of Fame? Uh, like I've 40 been, years, I, right? Yes, I have, not, I have not received or won it, but yes, I've been inducted, yes. Oh, okay. That's so forget my, about my question. Ah, okay. That was my question, but I just <laughs> remember that. Yeah. He just didn't make his homework. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Antonio, first of all, I, we want to really thank you for, uh, for coming to the podcast. It was a real pleasure. We are really huge fans and you could probably hear our uh, excitement and, uh, of this interview. So first of all, thanks. My pleasure. Let's do it again in a year. Yeah. A year. And uh, we wanted to say that next time, You're in Israel. Uh, text me or text uh, Elior, our mutual friend, and we'll bring you to the studio and then we'll take you to eat shawarma. Stay kosher, gentlemen. <laughs> don't sure. piss off the rabbi. Whatever you do, don't piss off the rabbi. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so thank you very much. And, thank uh, you, Antonio. Thank you, It's been a pleasure. You got it. Bye, guys. Bye, Antonio. Bye. Bye-bye. תקשיב, זה דיברנו עם אנטוניו ספנדיארי, אחד הגדולים של כל הזמנים, אחד כאילו אגדת פוקר. כמה... בן אדם שזכה בטורניר אחד ב-18 מיליון דולר, זה לא נורמלי. אגדה. טירוף. כן, מאוד מאוד גאה ברעיון הזה ובשיחה שעשינו איתו. עוד נקודת ציון לאס בגובה. כן. מה זה הפרצוף הזה? לא, זה כאילו, אני... אתה יודע, קצת blown away. תקשיב, הבן אדם, אין, כאילו, סמל סקס, אין איך להגדיר את זה. אין ספק, אתה גם... אנחנו ראינו אותו גם בווידאו. אתה רואה אותו יושב במשרד עם השולחן העצום הזה, אתה רואה שהבן אדם חי את החיים. תקשיב, הבן אדם חי את החלום. הוא פרש מהדבר שכולנו היינו רוצים לעשות. כאילו, הבן אדם הרי שיחק פוקר פול טיים. מה שכולנו היינו רוצים לעשות. היה מאוד טוב בזה ומאוד מפורסם בזה. והרוויח הרבה כסף בזה, ואז עצר הכל והלך לבלות זמן עם המשפחה שלו. מדהים. טירוף. כן, כשאתה, כשאתה יכול לבחור לעצור לשחק פוקר, אתה עושה את זה מבחירה. אה, אז ש... אתה יודע ש, שהצלחת, ש... ש... כנראה שכן. אה, אז אה, אנחנו נגיד שוב תודה רבה לאנטוניו שהתארח, תודה רבה לליאור, החבר המשותף. המיוטשואל פרנד. כן, החבר המשותף שלנו. שעזר להקים את ה... להרים את הריאיון הזה, אז אליאור, יאח, תודה רבה. רגע לפני שנחתור לסיום, ניתן עוד שאוט-אאוט אחד לחבר יקר מאוד בשם אלון אלדר, שהלילה עשה סקור מטורף. פסיכי. כן, רץ בטורניר החמש, טורניר הטבעת הראשון של ה-WSOP סירקט ספרינג. ביג 500, כן. כן, ביג 500. מעל 6,200 שחקנים, סיים מקום שישי, 77,000 דולר. כן. סיק בכל קנה מידה, כאילו... והכל בסטרים, של סטרים של, אני חושב שזה היה 12-13 שעות של סטרים. משהו כזה. אני קם באיזה 6 בבוקר ואני קולט שהסטרים שלו עדיין רץ ושהוא בפיינל, ואני כזה, וואט דה כאילו... ואז אני יושב... וזה, ואז חברה שלי מתעוררת, ואנחנו מצטרפת אליי לצפות בזה, ובצהריים גם שלחה לי, יואו, שכחתי לשאול, איך אלון סיים? וזה כזה, כן, ואני כזה... אז אני קמתי בבוקר, כשהילדים שלי עוד, אתה יודע, קופצים עליי במיטה, ואשתי יוצאת מוקדם לעבודה, אני מארגן אותם בבוקר, והארגון היום של הבוקר היה, מה זה חאפרי וחצי כוח, לך תחצה שיניים לבד, אבא רואה פיינל טייבל עכשיו. אתה רוצה לאכול ממתקים על הבוקר? תאכל ממתקים על הבוקר, מי אכפת? יש פה רייל פיינל טייבל. ממש, זה היה באמת ההתארגנות בוקר הכי חאפרית שהייתה לי בחיים. הילד מתקשר עכשיו לאלון אלדר, תעשה עוד פיינלים כאלה. אז כל הכבוד לאלון. אלון, אנחנו מתים עליך, באמת חתיכת מברוק, באמת. גם מגיע לך, באמת, אחרי uh, כל כך, מה שהוא תורם לקהילה ועושה את הסטרימים האלה ו... באמת מגיע, וואו. מייצר תוכן, אז שאוט-אאוט, כל הכבוד, אנחנו מאמן שזה מסורת של uh, פיינלים uh, באונליין, פיינלים גדולים של אלון. אמן שזה לא יהיה התוצאה הכי גדולה שלך ב- ב- במרץ. 
אכן, אז אנחנו שוב נגיד תודה רבה למי שעוזר לנו לשלם על הפרק הזה. תודה רבה לספונסרים שלנו, רני ראנר, שמקיימים טורנירי פוקר חברים ברחבי הארץ, בתל אביב, ראשון לציון, כפר סבא ועוד מקומות. חפשו רני ראנר בפייסבוק. תודה רבה גם לשופרסל, שהם לא ספונסרים רשמיים, <laughs> אבל ניתן להם שאוטות בכל מקרה. כן. תודה רבה על האולפן שמארח אותנו, פרוקאסט, פודקאסטים בגבוה של אור אליעז המלך. תודה רבה לאורי, איש הסאונד שדאג שהכל פה יהיה טופ נאץ' כמו שצריך. מי ששם לב ושומע כבר ברקע, רץ השיר החדש של הפודקאסט, והוא ילווה אותנו ככה עד לסיום. ואולי בפרק הבא גם נבחר שם ללהקה. נכון, עשינו פעילות. אז הבטחנו כניסה חינם לטורניר של ראנר. אתם עדיין יכולים להגיב בפוסט. וזהו. אכן, והפרקים הבאים יהיו עוד אורחים, ויהיו גם פרקים בלי אורחים, אבל יש לנו עוד כמה אורחים מגניבים על הפרק. שווים כמעט כמו אנטוניו. חד משמעית. זהו, אני אגיד תודה רבה אלקנה. תודה רבה אייל. שוב תודה לאנטוניו, הגבר. מלך. ותרוצו טוב, גם בשולחנות, ובעיקר בחיים. ואל תשכחו, אף בגובה זה פודקאסט, לא יד לשלם איתה. יאללה, ביי.